Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkokwate, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Would you please just open your Bibles to me? We want to take a look at a couple of scriptures. Ephesians chapter 6, the verse number 10 to 12. Ephesians 6, 10. Are you there with me? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and what? The power of his might. Don't be strong in yourself. Don't be strong in the kind of family you are coming from. No matter how august the family is, don't be strong in that family. You know, the word august has got two different meanings. One simple meaning of the word august is the eighth month of the year. And some people will say it is also the last month of summer. But the word August has another connotation altogether. So that when you say somebody is an August person, it means that the person inspires reverence, inspires admiration. The person is of supreme dignity. The person is of special grandeur, majestic. Somebody who inspires reverence, a special person. So, when a Christian is talking about an august person, really, nobody can be more august than God himself. Because there's nobody like him. And and so, we need to be strong in the law. Not in any other thing. You are a millionaire, don't be strong in your wealth. You are a very wise person, don't be strong in your wisdom. You are somebody who is the CEO of a company. Don't be strong in being the CEO of a company. You are a politician. Maybe you are the head of state. Don't be strong in that. Even politicians can die suddenly. And the best doctors in the world cannot help them. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. I continue. Put on the whole armor. Of God. Notice the word, the whole armor. When you have a cake and you divide the cake, let's say into 12 parts, if you take just one out of the 12, it's no more the whole cake. It's only a part. The Bible says, well, put on the whole armor. To the extent to which you are in the whole armor, to that extent, you become as invisible as God himself. Because that armor is not a man's armor. It is God's armor. Is somebody listening to me? Good. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able. To be able speaks about ability. Either you are able or you are not able. 
Either you can do it or you can't do it. Either you can stand or you fall. Either you can go on or you turn back. So that you may be able to do what? To withstand the wiles. W-I-L-E-S. Wiles. Another word for wiles is strategies. Look, this fellow we are talking about. He was one of the angels who was present when the foundation of the earth was laid. According to Job, when the foundations of the earth was laid, the sons of God shouted for joy, including him. He was one of those people who is dead. He's, he's been around for as long as the aeons of time, or let's say the aeons of eternity before time began. So please, you are not dealing with somebody who is your age. Neither are you dealing with somebody who is your size. Somebody said, You can't buy experience. It's not sold on the market. When it comes to experience alone, the devil will whip any of us any day. So please, when we say, the devil is under our feet. Know that he's only under our feet in reference to Christ. And never you ever get yourself detached from him. You'll be whipped like you don't know what he did. So that you may be able to withstand against the words of the devil. Verse 12. For we do not do what wrestle. We are not in a shooting context. In a shooting context, depending upon the distance, you can be safer. In a boxing contest, if you are the kind of guy who is swift-footed and you know how to dodge punches, you can, you can, you can be able to endure the fight for quite some time. But in a wrestling match, it's a close contact sport. So you see, the fight we are in is a wrestling fight, meaning that the enemy is closer to you than most of you think. The thing that is fighting some of you is right there in your own house. How do I know that? A man's enemy shall be the man of his own house. Micah 76. The devil likes to fight you at close range. The devil likes to hijack some son, some daughter, some brother, some sister in your own family so that he can use them as weapons to fight you, to create grief, to create pain, to create tears, to create sadness, to create sorrow. Haven't you heard many times when the devil is going to fight somebody, he will use somebody who is a close friend. Who killed Julius Caesar? The one that was the very emperor, that was their god in those days they used to wear. Who killed him? It was Brutus, his best friend. A man's enemies shall be the men of his own house. Meaning that God is revealing to you Satan's favorite tactics he uses. 
So my friends, let not forget that you are in a war. And that that war is not the kind of war where you are here and you shoot missiles. It's a continental ballistic missile. And, and you are here, you are destroying things in Iraq. That's not it. If it were so, perhaps it wouldn't be more dangerous. But this one is close con- con- contact. One on one, toe to toe. You better have the armor on. Today, there are many, many Christians. Far too many people, they just have learned to pray. But they don't know how to fight. They don't have, know how to wage war in prayer. But the body of Christ has come to a place where God wants his people to know how to wage war and how to fight. Ask somebody, do you know how to fight? Do you know how to fight the unseen? Ask them again. The invisible enemies, do you know how to fight them? Those enemies who hide in the shadows, do you know how to fight them? Ask him. So we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, meaning that our fight is not with physical people with physical bodies, but with the unseen. But we actually wrestle. Do you notice that word? We do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, meaning that, but against means that we actually wrestle with principalities. Now, do you know what a principality is? A principality is more than a demon. Hello? We wrestle with principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this age. We wrestle against spiritual hosts. You know what a host is? A host is not one person. A host is an army. We are wrestling with an army. Listen, have you ever seen a wrestling match where one man is wrestling, is completely surrounded by everybody, he is wrestling them? Since I'm talking Bible, is somebody ready? Please look at your own so that we can see and, and, and you satisfy yourself. So what do we do? Against spiritual hosts, have you seen the word host? Host. Host, and then there is an S addition. That means not one host, but hosts. It means that not one army, but armies. You are fighting the Iraqis, and then the Syrians are also there. You are fighting the Iraqis and the Syrians, and then the Saudi Arabians are also there. You are fighting the Iraqis, the Syrians, uh, the Saudi Arabians, and then the uh, 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 Iranians are also there. That is what it means. Does somebody get this thing at all? It is amazing that some of us have survived like that purely on the grace and the mercy of God. But God is saying, wake up. 
Hello? God is saying, wake up. I've prepared, but this whole thing is taking another turn. Once you get into the pulpit and the anointing begins to take you over, you, you, you just don't really know what you are doing. Listen. I have a video that I may be posting in our forum. It was uh, C, C, is it CBN or something? They made this report that ever since the corona pandemic started, on the average, about 3,000 Muslims are coming to Christ every month. Every month in Iran. Not the whole Islamic world, just Iran. 3,000 Muslims coming to Christ every month. Can you imagine what kind of terror that gives to the Ayatollah and the other people who are in the Islamic government? It's a real terror. And they are making rules or they are seeking to formulate laws whereby it can help them to clamp down heavily on the Christians. Now the question I want to ask you is, when at all in the history of this planet, do you find Muslims coming to crash like that? In one nation alone, 3,000 in a month. I'm asking you. Listen, we are in a special time in all of history. It hasn't happened this way before. We have always read where the Bible says that there shall be wars, rumors of wars, there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, there shall be plagues, etc., etc., before the Lord comes. But you see, in most of the wars and the plagues that has happened before, it didn't happen when natural Israel was back in the Holy Land as a nation. It has never happened that way. So what we are seeing right now as a people who know that there is a land of Israel where you can actually look, take a visa now and go to visit. There is somebody who is heading that nation who has a voice in the UN. For several centuries, it was not so. So all those other ones that were prophesied, that people saw them and they are like, oh, we have seen earthquakes, we have seen plagues, we have seen wars, but so nothing is really happening. Even we saw it in the Second World War, but then really nothing is happening. People who saw all those things and they say, well, if it is supposed to be a prophetic word, well, really, many of it has happened already, nothing is happening. They have never, never seen the nation of Israel being birthed. But those of us who have seen Israel being birthed, we are that group of people where Jesus said, that generation will not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. So please, listen. What happened to us with this so-called corona has been something unique in the sense that there have been plagues. But none of them have assumed the dimensions this one has assumed. Because of that, the church is being called upon. You, as a member of the church, the Lord is calling you to get back to the basics. When Jesus called the people, all the people that he called, he called them apostles. Apostles means what? People I am going to send out. That's all. And when you are saved and God doesn't want to send you out anywhere, he will immediately translate you to heaven or you just die and go to heaven. So some of you who are saved and you have been saved for the past five years, 
the past six years, the past ten years, and you are still here, you are here for a mission. Change your thinking. You are not here to be blessed. You are not here to be entertained. And if you come to a church where they are not blessing you and they are not entertaining you the way you want, then you get offended. In this month of August, the Lord will bless you. You hear everybody screaming. I've seen many videos like that. All those that are screaming, how many of them are so winners? How many of them are actually screaming for the one thing for which Jesus died? You want to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Listen, church, this thing was not intended to be a political organization. You know, in a political organization, they will say, vote for me. You know, when I come to power, all of you, you will have four-wheel drive, Pajeros. Your family, oh, you in poverty, there will be a wide gap. So just vote for us. It's not like that. Jesus actually told his people, anybody who will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. My dear friends, that is a hard message for somebody who wants followers. May I tell you something? God doesn't want followers so that he will look big. The angels are plenty already. It is for your own sake. That's why. And one of the things that we have failed to realize as a people is that when God calls people, he looks at them only one way. Anybody God calls, he looks at them as soldiers. People who must know how to fight. Some of you, all you know is how to pray. You don't know how to fight. Listen, prayer is towards God because when we are talking to our God, we are talking to Papa. We are just speaking and making our request known. That is how you talk to your Papa. How many of you have Godfathers in your home? When you are talking to your Papa, do you go in an aggressive way? Your Father is not your enemy. So when you are talking to your Papa, it's not a war, it's not a fight. But that is all some people know. But if that is all the prayer that you know, there are a lot of things that will be missing in your life. Because the Christian life is not just all about talking to Papa. How many of you understand what I'm saying at all? Oh, my goodness. Can we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, let the spirit of the warrior come upon your people. Let the spirit of the end time army enter into your people. I pray in the name of Jesus that nobody within the sound of my voice will be neutral anymore. The Lord, the weapons you have provided, O oh God, for us, so that, Lord, we can keep the enemy at bay and be able to fulfill our assignment, that everyone will lay their hand to the weapons that is theirs. I pray that this church will be a militant church. I pray that this church will be a warring church. I pray that there will be men and women of God in this house who know how to stand and how to defend the will of God, the counsel of God, the purposes of God, in the name of Jesus. Let the entrance of your word bring light. Let it give understanding to the simple. Let the rain of your spirit fall upon every heart, O oh God. And let nobody leave this place the same way they came. In Jesus' name. So today, 
I have a title for you, but my title is in kind of two forms. The first form is learn to fight. And the second is cry for change. Both of them are mixed up. You can take it anyhow you want. But that is it. You, you see, when a person is crying for change, he's ready to fight for change. But you have to learn to fight. You must learn to fight. Tell somebody, please, learn to fight. Your future depends upon it. Now, those of you who are parents here, talk to the sons in the house. Tell them, sons, learn to fight. And now turn to the daughters and tell them, daughters, learn to fight. People give up just too early. I just heard a story which was told by a certain man of God. That one of his church members, one lady in his church, just said to him, Papa, I'm leaving my marriage. I'm divorcing my husband. Why? He said, well, my husband is having an affair. So the man of God said, come, come, come. Suck her down. And then said, have you read the scripture that the Bible says a time shall come when seven women will go after one man and say, put your name upon us. Ask for food. We will just bankroll ourselves. Just put our name upon us so that our, our, our shame and our disgrace will be rolled away. Have you read that one? The man of God said, you know what? Another woman is trying to take your husband. What is your somebody else is trying to take? And instead of fighting, you want to give up. Look, when you give up and you get to heaven, God will ask you questions. Because he committed something to your trust and you wouldn't keep it. People came to steal it and you wouldn't stand to fight those people. God will ask you questions. So he sat there on a fast. Began to fast, began to pray. Pray one week, pray two weeks, pray three weeks, pray four weeks. And one day she was just there and the man came. I am sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me, but I'm sorry. You know, forgive me because what has happened has happened already. But from now on, I'm going to keep my eye on you alone. I won't allow it to stray anywhere else. And you know what? He rewarded the wife with a brand new uh, land a Range Rover, the one that they have the, the sport written on it, rewarded. This is Africa we are talking about. And you think another woman that is coming with a man that can be able to reward somebody with a, with a, with a Range Rover sport won't fight for it? You are joking. When the things that are precious to you, the enemy is coming after them and you won't get up and fight. When the enemy is coming after your children, you won't get up and fight. You are there and looking, and he's coming after your children with pornography, and you will fight. You are there, and he's coming after them with, with, with the talks and the thinking of godless people who are teaching them out there in the schools, and you will fight.
My dear friends, it is time that Christians come to understand that God didn't call us to a party. The party is yet to come. But right now, it's no party business. So, can I tell somebody, wrestling means wrestle. Wrestling don't mean you are doing a exhibition bout. This one is a real fight. The one who is wrestling you, if he got a chance, he will kill you. He will maim you or he will harm you. If the devil can get you in one devil moment, he can cripple you that you can never walk. You have to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. Don't joke with the devil. He's a wicked fellow. So the Bible said, we are wrestling with all these forces, all these entities. And like I said, when you are talking of a principality, you are not talking of a demon. It's more than a demon. When you are talking of powers, you are not talking of a demon. It's more than a demon. When you are talking of the rulers of the wickedness of this world, you are not talking of a demon. When you are talking of spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, you are not talking of demons. Demons are confined to the earth. But these entities, they have the demons as their foot soldiers that they are using. Does somebody understand me? I don't have time to go into that, but let me tell you one thing. When the daughters of men started to cohabit with the sons of God, the angels, you know, they called them Nephilim. When the Nephilim came in and they started cohabiting with the men and the women, sorry, the women, and you know, they, inhabit, they cohabited with women. Even if you were married, it doesn't matter. They cohabited with you. Because those spirit beings, they could shift their form. The only thing you did was, no demon can kill me, I'm in Christ, so I'll use myself as an example. The only thing you did is because if you wanted this wonderful woman, all you did was you drew me in somewhere, and then I cannot be found again, shift form, and you become like me. And then you can marry her and have children. That's what they were doing, creating violence. They will be taking those who are, uh, who, are, who are virgins and those who are not married, plus those who are actually married, whatever it is, they just took them. The Bible said they took all that they pleased. Check your Bible. And the children that they gave birth to, these children became giants, mighty men. And they were trouble causes because their foundation was all wrong. So everything they knew was violence, killing, plotting, bloodshed. And that is what they taught to men. So when it became impossible for that level of wickedness to be sustained on the earth, the flood came and wiped everything off. But these demon entities, when their spirits came out of their bodies, there was no real place prepared for them. They didn't go to hell the way the other people go. Because, you see, they were not, this, this hybrid was not supposed to be created in the first place. So they became disembodied spirits who are roaming the earth. And because they were the sons of these evil entities, what happened to them? Those entities can use them. 
But these principalities, these powers, they are real fallen angels. And those fallen angels, they use these demons to do their activities. The Bible said, we are not just wrestling with the demons. As for the demons, we are not supposed to wrestle against them. What are we supposed to do with them? Cast them out. Everybody who is a believer here, you have the mandate from God to cast out demons. Are you hearing me? It is not the mandate of pastors to cast out demons. It is the mandate of the believer to cast out demons. Those that believe, they will, if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. But what would they do? They will speak with new tongues and they will do what? They will cast out devils. Cast them out. Cast the devils out. Are you listening to me? Young people, listen. In your days, you have better know how to cast out demons. Because the devil, his time is short. And they are wild. They are very, very aggressive in this time. The only person they will listen to is a man who knows how to deal with them aggressively. You throw them out in the name of Jesus. And so I'm telling you, my dear friends, the church has to wake up. Rima Chapel must wake up. It is time for us to understand that when you get to the place where you are fed up with what has been going on, that is when you are ready to fight. And I want to encourage you, my, my friends, it is time to fight. Now, let's take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. Please bring it if, if, it's, if it's there. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses uh, 3 to 5. 2 Timothy 3. Sorry, 2 Timothy 2, 3 to 5. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same word, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Have you seen that? If you are not a soldier, you are not a Christian. Hello? If you are not a soldier, you are not a Christian. God does not have civilians in his army. Are you listening to me? Those who wrestle, they are fighting, you know, they are fighting. You, you think you wear the civilian clothing? How long have you been in civilian clothing and what has it done for you? Your present situation is because you have worn civilian clothing for too long. I am charging you in the name of the Lord. Take the civilian clothing off. And put on the army uniform. Put on the uniform of a soldier. And begin to fight. Because if a person is a soldier. Look. And your hardness as a good soldier. There are good soldiers. There are bad ones. Are you going to be a good soldier? A good soldier must endure hardness. Question is. How many of you are fasting today? Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you too. Those of you who are not fasting, who told you that if you deny yourself of food for a few hours, you will die? Who told you that? You are buying into a lie. And the lie that you buy into 
will undo the blessing of God in your life. When we say let us fast, some people will look for all kinds of excuses and they will fast. Listen to me, my dear friends. You have to endure hardness as a good soldier. A real soldier in this world, you know that sometimes when they release them, it's not like you are behind enemy lines. You are behind supply lines. So the normal army food supply is not with you. But any good soldier, how will they live? They will live by anything that moves. Sometimes they will even feed on snakes. Sometimes they will even feed on, uh, on uh, what do you call it? Anything that moves. Because sometimes the way you are cut off, either you got something to survive on or you die. And being a hardened person as a soldier means you must be able to survive under every terrain. Hello, my dear friends. I am telling you to wake up. If you are part of this church, wake up. If you are part of this church, understand that the days of soft Christianity is over. Understand that right now, there is a shaking of acting people of faith. If your roots don't go deep, you are going to be overthrown. Meaning that it is not God who will can't see your name from the book of life. It is you yourself by your choices and your decisions. But the Bible said that when you are in Christ, it is more than anything this world has to offer you. That if you have to exchange, exchange the whole world for your own soul, it is still a good bargain. That's what the Bible said. So my dear friends, as I charge you this afternoon, I am calling you to wake up. Because the time to sleep is over. The time to be saying prayers and just saying prayers is over. The time to really get on your knees when you talk to Papa and you get his permission and you go out there and you begin to uh, still roll the enemy, that time is up. Elijah was a man subject to like passions like we are. So, number one, endure hardness. Be a good soldier. Go ahead. Number four, no man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may do what? Please him who have called him to be a soldier. Fifth one, final. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except what he does what? Strive lawfully. Number one, you and I must endure hardness. Endure hardness means that you must learn to keep this body in check. Everybody knows, every healthy person knows how to be hungry. Am I right about that? But those who are going to carry the day in the days we are living are those who can say to the body, well, whether you have hunger or not, I don't care because there are goals to be achieved and you are to help me to achieve it. So stomach, shut up. This is your noise you are making, blah, 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 like that. Shut up. We have an assignment. We must move on. Number two, you can never, never, never be a good soldier if you don't endure hardness. Good soldiers are the only soldiers who get a medal. Not the soldiers who chicken out. When they hear bullets and they see a fight, 
Oh yeah, they ran. Those soldiers, they shoot them on the forehead. Be a good soldier. Tell somebody be a good soldier. Number two, you can't get entangled in the affairs of this life and then do war at the same time. Tell somebody, you cannot get entangled with the things of this life and still be a good warrior. Listen, houses are good. But there are people who have built houses they never lived in them. Cars are good. But everybody has got only one body. You cannot ride in two cars at the same time. I would prefer to change cars every month than to have 12 cars sitting in my house that I can ride them anyhow I, I like. I would rather prefer that every month nagel noise, completely new, nobody sweat on it. I go and, I go and take it. I ride it for 30, 31 days. Oh yeah, I bring it another one. I ride it. I prefer that one than having 12 cars where I have to build a whole garage, showroom, just to keep them. So cars are nothing except a means of transportation. So don't be so focused upon cars and upon material things that the major things where God put you here, you are ignoring those things. You are failing in your mission as a soldier if you do that. Don't get entangled with this life. Oh, there are people, all they want is fame. They want fame, they want popularity. What is painful about it is that, look, if you are a Christian, God has called you to politics, it is God who called you. Politics is a wahala game. How many of you understand what I'm saying? There are those who are into politics, they know that you cannot just walk like that. Though. They just go and cook themselves. They fortify themselves. So if God has called you to politics, you better learn to fight on your knees and go to war on your knees. Because you see, many, many people you are seeing out there, you are not just talking to human beings, you are talking to spirits. Every human being you see is a spirit. So when you are dealing with spirits, be careful. Be very careful. If God called you to politics, go on your knees and fight and wage war. By the time you come out of your prayer closet, the anointing is heavy upon you. And people who have got evil intention, when they look at you, they can't look at you in the eye. May God punish the devil. If you are a Christian and you just play around with politics and somebody kill you before your time, when you go to heaven, God will rebuke you. The devil is supposed to fight us because that is his job. The Bible says to wrestle. But the devil is never supposed to overcome us. Hello? Listen, the Holy Spirit understands only one language, the language of victory. The Holy Spirit doesn't understand. It is too difficult for me. So I gave it. It is so tough, so I back off. It is so difficult, so I decided to run. He who, he who runs, uh, he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. 
I, I want to run now because if I don't run, they'll kill me so that tomorrow I can have the chance to fight. The Holy Spirit doesn't understand that. Only one language the Holy Spirit understands, and that is victory. He is in you because in every situation he can put you over. You can win in every situation. There will never be one situation that the Holy Ghost is not able to put you over. And listen, if the Holy Ghost cannot put you over in any situation, nobody else can. Can I come again? If you are facing any battle in life, and the Holy Spirit cannot give you the victory, you can't get victory any other place. Because look at God himself. God never did anything until the Spirit of God was moving. God doesn't protect the Holy Spirit for nothing. Jesus doesn't protect the Holy Spirit for nothing. When you blaspheme God, he will forgive you. When you blaspheme Jesus, he will forgive you. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you don't have forgiveness. You know why? Because even God himself, he works only by his spirit. And Jesus would have remained dead as we speak today, except through the Holy Ghost. So if the Holy Ghost is in you, you are more than a conqueror. Are you listening to me? Are you going to understand that as far as the Holy Ghost is concerned, there is only one way for you, victory, victory, victory. Win, 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 win. That is the language and the purpose of God for you. It's time to rise up and fight. It's time to wage war. We have been cheated for too long. We have been robbed of what is ours for too long. Now you cannot please your commander if you cannot wage war. Hello? When you recruit soldiers, what do you recruit them for? For battle. So any soldier who will not go to battle, who will not fight, how can the commander love him? So listen, you have to fight, oh, you must fight. Am I talking to somebody? You have to learn to say, God, thank you for your word. Thank you that according to your word, this is what you have made me. And then you speak to the thing that is defying you. And say, hey, mountain, in the name of Jesus, I command you, be that removed. And you keep on commanding and stand in the same place until they move. Because when you begin to speak, they will say, this one is a novice. This one, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Let us resist him. Let us oppose him. And when we resist him, there comes a time when he will be discouraged. He will give up because he's only speculating. The gospel is not speculation. It is truth. So wage war. Wage war. Fight for your children. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your spouses. I believe the reason why Certain spouses, when the trumpet sounds, they'll be left behind. It's because those wives, they didn't understand that you can take your, wife, your husband or your wife. or Those spouses, let me put it this way. They didn't understand that you can take your spouse captive for Jesus. And when it is because you stood and fought and got them into the kingdom, there will be a special reward for you. They don't know that. So some will get to heaven, their spouses will be left behind. What would it be? It is one person less. Because what did God say in Acts chapter 16, the verse number 31? Believe on the Lord and thou shalt be saved together with your household. 
When you get saved, God's intention is that your wife will be saved, your husband will be saved, your children will be saved, they will make heaven. God is a family man. He doesn't like breaking families. May every family that is under any kind of bondage in this church, may they be set free in Jesus' name. We are coming against every work of the enemy. We are coming against the strategies of the enemy against River Chapel. Any entity whose interest is that we will not fulfill the will of God for us, we declare in Jesus' name, they will wait for long, but it shall not come to pass. In the name of Jesus, we command the doors of this place to open. And let God begin to bring in the harvest like never before. And then, the fourth thing, you cannot war lawfully unless, oh, you cannot be able to win unless you war lawfully. Your fight must be a fight of faith. Hello? The only law of the spirit for you and I is the law of faith. He who stands in faith pleases God. So you and I must understand that our battle is a battle of faith. When God has said something, that something he has said must be our matching orders. And almost every time when God wants you to match with something, how does he say it? Behold, I have given you Jericho and his king and the whole land. Contend therefore with them. Behold, I've done what I have given you. For you to be able to fight with faith, you will have to say, Lord, I thank you that I have received the Jericho from you as a gift. And you wage your war. Because when God speaks in the past tense, you must also speak in the past tense. God cannot be speaking in the past tense and you are speaking in the future tense. That is not faith. Behold, I have healed you. And say, God, please heal me. Mm -mm, it doesn't work that way. Behold, I have healed you means, God, I thank you that provision for my healing has already been provided. I take my healing right now and I give you all the glory and all the praise that I am the healed of the Lord. Now, all you simples, oh yeah now, move. And begin to declare, begin to fight, and begin to wait, and begin to war. And begin, listen, you talk to God in prayer, but you battle the enemy. Most people know how to talk to God. They don't know how to battle the enemy. This is why we are failing. When you get to the mountain, you must speak to the mountain. Don't try to climb that mountain. Speak to the mountain and command it to move. That's what the Bible said. Good. So, I want us to do a couple of spiritual exercises. These days, if you come to church, please, don't expect everything normal. Expect to be a participant. Look, let me tell you one thing before we begin to do those kinds of prayers. I believe that every second week, the Friday of that week till December, we have to take it for a half-night service. From 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. Or maybe 2.30 a.m. I don't know. But at least there has to be four hours. 
Now, if you are coming for that kind of prayer, get ready, because if we start praying, I am not going to keep you on breaking every five minutes to be raising prayer topics for you. Look, I do that most of the time, because if you want to help people so that they also get into a strong spirit of prayer, you need to be moving them gradually, gradually, till you get there. But the way some of us were brought up, hmm, they go to the place of prayer. They bless God, they thank God for bringing them together and just really go for the agenda of the day. Shall we pray? And people are like, <laughs> you pray until you feel very light, like all the food has finished your stomach. Sometimes you pray, 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 pray till you, you just know that you cannot stand anymore. Then you sit. And then you are still you are still groaning. You are still groaning. You are still people pray till they break like that. And that kind of prayer is what brings revival. That kind of prayer is what turns things around. It is time for us to get back to those things. Africans will be falling like flies on the street. Where are they falling like flies on the street? But you see, it is happening because. You don't have an idea how some people are crazy doing their prayers because of these declarations. My goodness. People are praying, you no? Know? People are praying. Sometimes I ask myself, how long can I continue to be passed to be a small group like this? Why don't I just give up and go home? Because there is a certain element in me that is crying to be best. And sometimes when you are standing and it's like you are standing alone, there are not people of a kindred spirit who will stand with you. It really bothers. Everybody has got only one life to live. Listen, I'm calling for soldiers. I'm calling for soldiers. Even if I can get one or two of them, that's okay. But on the 14th, God willing, Friday the 14th at 10 o'clock, I'm getting to prayer. And uh, if you are somebody who is part of this house, I want to encourage you, be a part of it. The only thing God wants you is to be where God is. The only thing God wants you to do is to be doing what he's doing. And if God is interceding, God is fighting, you should be interceding and fighting. In the name of Jesus Okay, good. So we are going to lift up our voices and we are going to pray. The first thing I want you to pray about is you are going to confront every yoke. You know, there is a yoke which is your father's yoke. You are going to confront it. There is another yoke which is your mother's yoke. You are going to confront it. There is something that is called your father's curse and your mother's curse. You will confront it. There is another thing called your father's body or your mama's body. You want to confront it. You want to come against all forms of demonic activity that is operating in your bloodline. Listen. There is a man called Lamech. And Lamech, in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 4, Lamech was a man who was a product of Cain. He was the fifth in line. 
I don't know where my note fell. But I made a note. He was the fifth in line. And what connected him to Cain? Well, the connection was this. Cain was a man who couldn't control his anger. He had an anger problem. And because he couldn't control his anger, he killed a man. Now, this man, Lamech, or Lamech, in chapter 4, I believe the verse number 25 to 26, Lamech also, a young man, wounded him. How he wounded him, I don't know. He hit him with a bicycle, I don't know. He hit him with a car, I don't know. He cut a tree, and when the tree was falling, he fell upon him and wounded him, I don't know. But he was wounded and he saw that he, the young man had bruised him. What did he do? He could have also wounded him and bruised him. Is that not so? What does the scripture say? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So if he broke his arm, he should have broken his arm. What did he do? He killed the man. Now, the first person to kill, he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know you could really kill a person by just falling upon them. But that one is recorded. In their days, even the fifth generation, the first generation is still alive while they are alive. So they know those stories. So he knew that if there is a curse on Cain, then the curse that comes upon him is what? Sevenfold. And dear friends, the things that are passed down the bloodline to you, they have become bigger and stronger. And their roots have gone deeper. If you don't rise up to fight them, one day they will create trouble for you. Are you listening to me? So you are going to get up and you are going to begin to fight. You want to come against the demons that operated in your father's line. The demons that operated in your mama's line. You want to come against burdens. You want to come against demonic challenges. Another story. A certain man went and built Jericho. And the Bible said, in Joshua chapter 6, that Joshua cursed Jericho. That nobody should build that city. Do you know that long after Joshua has cursed that place, the curse was still in place? Now, because of the curse, the waters of the city have gone bitter. You can't drink the waters. At the same time, the city is broken down. But one man got up one day, he said, I am building Jericho. And when did it happen? It happened in the days of Ahab. Listen, we want to fight against the spirit of this age. Because the spirit that is ruling the age in which we are in, that spirit is covering everything we see. It's like a spectacles you wear. If you wear a green spectacles, everything you see becomes green. If you wear a red one, everything you see is reddish. We want to battle the spirit of this age we are in, the, the in-COVID age. We want to battle the spirits that are at play in the name of Jesus. And you want to command them to get off your back, get off your spouse's back, get off your children's back. You have to lose everything that is yours in the name of Jesus. Will you please be on your feet? Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. 
you can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.